0: You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. For more great shows, like the one you're about to enjoy, visit electronicmediacollective.com. And now, our feature
1: presentation.
0: It's 827-ish. You know what that means. Welcome to Growlix Nights, the Growlix podcast live show. This is Randy. I'm Melanie. And this is Jesse. How's it going, everybody? Savannah just says late. Every
1: week is <laughs> late.
2: <laughs> you know what that means. We're late and Savannah's going to call us on it.
0: <laughs> we're right on time. Drive me crazy. Well, <laughs> we are consistently late, which means we're right on time. Isn't that a fine young <laughs> cannibal song? Drive me crazy. Right. Because I'm old. Hey, Claire, what's going on? Got the whole fam here, huh? Tonight. Here's what's on the agenda. I have one news story because we consistently go long. And then we talk about going long on the show, which makes the show go longer. That's not good podcasting. So we have one news story. And otherwise, we're going to talk primarily about a movie that came out a while ago. (laughs) New Mutants. Why? Because the movie was delayed so many times, you can only review it in a delayed fashion. On our delayed live stream, and oh, because okay. you can watch it now on HBO Max, oh, yeah, yeah. that too <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> made it way easier for us, right? Right,
0: and Mortal Kombat doesn't come out till tomorrow, so otherwise, right. we'd be talking about that. Uh, I do have a Mortal Kombat thing to talk about, though, so there's also that in our like recent watches or whatever. Um, Savannah says yeah. she watched Aliens not the first, but the second, yeah, Aliens, mm. plural. Yeah, that's that's, you know, that's the action. That's the, a lot of people really like that one.
3: I really like that one.
0: And I feel like since it's actiony, maybe it's a little bit more rewatchable.
3: You know what, what it is, I think the whole thing about that movie that gets me is that stupid little beep beep, uh, like motion detector thing that they have. Right. It like starts going faster and faster. And I'm like, Aah! that's what it does to me.
0: Well, it's got a cat and a child. So, of course. You know, oh, yeah. it's the rule of the internet or YouTube that's going to be more popular. Yeah. I always kind of like the first one better, but it is oh, a yeah. much different yeah, pace. Out of the whole like
2: saga, for me, it's the first one because it is like a horror movie.
0: Man, I remember being so scared. I don't know why they're at some point just became eternally linked, but Alien and Predator, such cool movie monsters with such kind of crap franchises. Like, yeah,
3: I would almost argue though that any movie, no matter how good it is, if you continue it for, you know, five or 12, you know, extra movies, they're all going to turn to crap. It's impossible not to.
0: Savannah says Bill Paxton sucked. That's sacrilege. I know. I know what you're talking about though. He's cheesy. He's cheesy. Yeah. Game over, Game over man. man. But but it's also iconic because yeah exactly, yeah. Uh, she said. Also, but the Hispanic woman was a bad chick. Fun fact, not Hispanic. It's a little bit of brown face going on there. Oh my. Um, well, that you know what brown face does? Sucks. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Uh, it's interesting. Nobody really talks about that. I mean, whatever. I'm not. Gonna, I guess I won't get into it. Uh, she also, she, it was in a, she seems like a friend of what's the director guy, Cameron, James, James Cameron. I
1: almost
0: said Kirk Cameron for some reason. I'm like, that's not the guy. Oh boy. (laughs) He gets left behind. (laughs) Uh, It had to be something, right? Uh, It it was that or Saving Christmas. So, (laughs) Uh, uh, but she was also, she is the mom in T2, the mom of, well, the foster mom, I should say. Not, mm. not, oh, right. not the actual whatever, uh, but not the mama, not the mama dinosaurs. <laughs> yeah, weird deep cut there. It really is. People do still once in a great while talk about dinosaurs though, which makes me happy. I've never bothered to revisit it. I I worry it's it's gonna not be good, but I had fond fe- memories of dinosaurs. Kurt Cameron is DJ from Full House Brother. I mean, yeah. yeah. Well, among Candace the- Cameron. Yeah. Oh, uh-huh. it's okay. bizarre that I actually remember her by name.
2: Uh-huh.
1: Yeah.
0: <sighs> hey, real quick. Let's do a little bit of news. Yeah. I, okay. Let's react yeah. at the news. We're going to start it off early with reacting at the news. And I only have one story just because it caught my eye, but otherwise I wasn't going to do, do news tonight. Let's talk about our boy. <laughs> oh boy. Mike Flanagan, who yeah. <laughs> you thought it was Snyder. He's not our boy.
2: No.
0: Hey, Dustin. Dustin says he's stuck at work late tonight. Um, but that's we're keeping t- him company. Hey, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Making that money and listen to some garlics. If you can do both at the same time, that's not too bad. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paul says no news is good news. That's right. No hashtag. You know what watch. <laughs> uh Mike Flanagan who is a horror director. If you've listened to our show, we mention him at least every other episode. It seems like (laughs) maybe if no, what I'm not even going to say it. Listen, the dude works. Okay. We've got reason to mention him. He puts out a lot of content, but he's consistent. So he is to direct uh, with intrepid pictures to produce the season of passage, uh, which is, will be a a movie Mm -hmm. based on a Christopher Pike book of the same title christopher pike Mm -hmm. that's a name that i haven't heard for a long time
2: yeah speaking
0: of deep cuts um so yeah anyway universal basically has the rights they're going and it's going to be produced by intrepid pictures not that anybody cares but this is coming from deadline.com and they are very thorough uh, apparently um based on the 1993 christopher pike novel the season of passage a science fiction horror novel set on mars which is quite a departure for him but also kind of not I'm guessing uh because he does a lot of sci-fi and okay. arguably or I mean a lot of horror sorry and arguably Dr. Sleep was horror but also kind of dark fantasy
3: a little bit I would say dark fantasy is a good description of a lot of the stuff of his that I've seen
0: right but like Mars doing a straight up sci-fi setting that's mm-hmm. that's definitely different for him
3: mm-hmm is it a space Western because Mars should always be space Western. You're right.
0: It's if it's not, it's going to fail. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, Paul says, I thought Taika Waititi was your man. First try, dude. Wow. Woo! <laughs> I can't say regular words, but I can say Taika Waititi's name tonight. Yeah. Uh, he, well, he's listen, there's more, there's, there's enough room in this, in our lives for more than one man. <laughs> Call us. Call us.
1: it. <laughs> <Tyka. laughs> <laughs> Mike
0: Flanagan. Call us. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, whatever. I don't know a whole... I guess, do you guys want to know a little bit more about it? Um, he's sure. co-writing it with James Flanagan.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And plot details are being kept... Not sp- related at all, right? <laughs> right. Coincidental. No, I'm guessing they are probably related. Um. The book apparently centers around a celebrity who was involved in a uh, manned expedition to Mars. The whole world admired and respected her, but Lauren, the the character, knew fear. Inside, voices entreating her to love them outside the mystery of the missing group that had gone before her. Wait, what?
3: Sounds Marsy.
0: The dead group. The, okay, the mystery of the... I, it almost feels like they pulled the the book description off the back of the book, right? But Lord mm-hmm. knew fear inside, voices entreating her to love them. Outside, the mystery of the missing group that had gone before her, the dead group. But were they simply dead or something else? <laughs> like, that's how the article's
2: written? <laughs> it does. It's <laughs> you know just what? the dust jacket. You're not fooling anyone.
1: <laughs> right.
3: In- you know what automatically pops in my head though is, um, uh, Futurama, where they get the they have to go and get the microchips from like the queen hive where the last crew was right. eaten by the like alien queen wasp thing.
0: What if it's really well? I guess the book would have came first. Mm-hmm. What if it's just like a roundabout live action Futurama?
3: <laughs> if it was the actual Futurama, that'd be great. But just one episode. Psh-
0: um, cool. All right. Anyway, I was just read more again. That was from deadline.com. We'll have a link to the article. If you want a coherent, I want to look at it in a coherent fashion. The important <laughs> thing here
2: is that he, uh, Mike Flanagan is making movies because mm-hmm. he should always be making movies.
0: I, he is, or, it, will this be will this happen before or after the entire series of TV that he wrote and directed himself despite saying he'd never do that again hits Netflix midnight Mass because I <laughs> he shot that during quarantine when everybody else is like right. some of the movies are gonna go back to work and they've been they were shooting the whole they were not the whole time I, they took a break but they were shooting during that so like he just doesn't stop and we won't let him
1: <laughs> he knows
0: if you stop stop filming he dies that's his curse
2: <laughs> he's, he's like the movie director equivalent of a shark yes
0: exactly alright don't mess with him well hey you guys watch anything interesting uh, other than
2: <laughs> new <laughs> the, our, our main subject tonight
1: Right.
3: um I don't know. I don't think so. Yeah, I I mean,
0: usually Melanie Melanie, and I watch a, a bunch of stuff together. What have, we had, what have we even been watching? I don't
3: know.
0: Because I feel like we haven't...
3: We haven't. Been we've wa- been working really hard.
0: We have been working. Yeah, but we try not to do that too much on the weekend. I guess we yeah. do still. Yeah. Uh, we've been watching something, but I can't remember what it was. And apparently I'm not going to. So... Jesse? Yeah. I mean, the only thing I watch anymore is like
2: Disney plus shows, apparently. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. But uh, right, the new right. one comes out tomorrow. So.
0: Oh, uh, Savannah asked Resident Alien. Um, we hit we hit the free limit on Peacock. So we haven't been watching that. Um, I know somebody else who ha- actually because of that show has a Peacock subscription now. So maybe I'll. Talk to her about getting. I need to watch
2: that while, while my Peacock subscription is still very cheap. It's really good. Yeah. Yeah. I like the first episode. Uh, Dustin uh, mentions in the chat, he mentions the Q documentary, which I did start that, but we only got, I think we only got two episodes in and it, it is, it's mind bendy. It's it man, the stuff that <laughs> the stuff that these people just
0: believe. Just wholesale believe. Oh, I do remember one thing we started watching again because there are new episodes on on uh, HBO Max, Primal, which is a series oh, yeah. that mm-hmm. Melanie, and, Melanie and I had watched before. They'd done like half, the, half of a season and then took a kind of extended break. But that is the animated show by the... Um, Jendi Tar... tar
2: uh, I'm not going to get the last name right. Yeah. It's the yeah. hard one. <laughs> uh, the Samurai Jack... Powerpuff girls. Tartaroski, is that right? And his text I should scene. have it in front of me before I even attempt it. <laughs> <laughs> the Powerpuff Girls
0: and uh, Samurai Jack guy. Uh-huh. He's amazing. And He's the original great. Clone Wars. He's great. Um, it's it's an animated series by him that's fairly newish. Like I said, we'd watched half the season till like everything that was there, and then they took quite a break before finishing the rest of the season. And apparently the rest of the season's now out on HBO max. I I think it might run on adult swim. I don't know. Um, Mm -hmm. but it's about a caveman and a dinosaur. There's no talking and it is amazing. It's so good yet. At the same time, it punches you in the heart. Every episode, somehow they figure out how it's like his talent for directing, uh, animation in a way that nobody else is doing to where it's action. What was the episode we, uh, what was the episode we just watched Melanie? It was about basically it wasn't quite zombies, but basically zombie infection dinosaurs. So mm-hmm. our characters are dealing with that, like running from this infected big old dinosaur. So we're like, whoa, zombie dinosaurs. Yet at the same time, they managed to make it kind of heart wrenching.
3: It's heart wrenching. Yeah,
0: it's always heart wrenching. Yeah. It, there's, Not
3: always, but a,
0: a lot. It's always heart-wrenching. And there's never any, you know, it's a, just a caveman and animals. So there's like no talking in animation and it's awesome and heart-wrenching. And that is talent.
3: Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I know they make noises and things, but it's 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 really kind of that thing where it's um like a picture is worth a thousand words. And I know there's more than one picture, but it conveys so much without saying anything. You know what I mean? And that's beautiful to me. Well, and
0: if you think about it, there were the occasional Powerpuff Girls that would do this, but Samurai Jack was all about it. Um, Mm -hmm. Tone and atmosphere. And he would Mm -hmm. just approach, this is definitely not a kid's cartoon, it's super violent at times, Mm -hmm. but he would approach like half hour animated shows in such a cinematic and like he'd borrow the tone from samurai movies where it's not just action, action, action. It's so much slow buildup and just meditating, letting tension rise. And then there will be action, 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 you know, and Mm -hmm. it's, I don't know. It's so good. I can't recommend it enough. Primal. Watch it. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. It'll make you sad. And then be like, dinosaurs are cool. (laughs) They are cool. Yeah. Right. And it's for the most part like, of course, it's a caveman and dinosaur, right? So we're talking fantasy land. It's not feather dinosaurs. It's it's our old school fake dinosaurs. Right. So, but those look cooler.
2: It is interesting that we brought that we brought up this because uh, in the chat, Dustin mentions that there's going to be a live action Powerpuff Girls,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and uh, they announced some of the casting, and I think there was even set photos and whatnot.
0: I don't. I don't know these people by name offhand.
2: Uh, Chloe Bennett was in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. She was Quake. Okay.
0: Okay. Okay. I think
2: I remember. The main character, Sky.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm.
2: I don't know the others as much. Dove Cameron? Yeah, I don't know her. I'd have to IMDB them to know what they were in.
3: Well.
0: Live action Powerpuff Girls.
3: So speaking of the opposite of something that conveys a lot in a short period of time with just images. Let's talk about the new mutants.
0: <laughs> You're ready. You're ready
2: to dive in.
3: <laughs> well uh,
0: okay. Yeah. <laughs> hold on, hold on. I had other things Oh I'm sorry. That I watched. Uh okay. so as I mentioned, I believe it's tomorrow Mortal Kombat will be up on the new Mortal Kombat movie will be up on HBO Max. And I'm excited because the trailer looks good enough to set us up for an inevitable letdown, but maybe who knows? Maybe it would be good. Um, I mean, it is a Mortal Kombat movie, so. right? Right. Uh, without Christopher Lambert, and for me, that's a con. Okay. We watched uh, Dead Meat YouTube channel. They do kill count mostly horror movies, but he did Mortal Kombat because everybody's got got to gotta get the Mortal Kombat in the SEO, you know? Right. Um, the dude hated Christopher Lambert in that movie, and I get it. Like he's not oh, yeah. nece- He's not good. But I'm like, but <laughs> no, it's Mortal Kombat. Yeah. He knows what he's doing. He knows what he's right. in. And retroactively, when I was a kid, I probably hated him—the their version of Raiden 2. But now, I kind of love it. That's like the high point right. of the movie for me. Um, so it was just. Sh- sh- then Shang Tsung was pretty oh, awesome, too. He's like, good. He was awesome. The uh, most recent Mortal Kombat game, there's. The last couple of Mortal Kombat games, they've done a lot of time travel trickery, but mm. they have older Shang Tsung, and it is voiced and likeness of that guy who played Shang Tsung in the '90s Mortal Kombat movie. Of course, that he's older now, rad. so it's but that's it's totally cool. fitting. Yeah, um, yeah, very cool. Uh, what? The- movie theaters are to blame, aren't they? Dustin says no. They pushed it back a week, next Friday for Mortal Kombat. Well, maybe I don't Uh, even want to talk about this anymore now. They're exposing the business. Well, I watched a thing. Damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Now he doesn't even want to talk about it. I watched Mortal Kombat Legends Scorpion's Revenge, which was a 2020, so fairly recent, animated film. And uh, I had... Man, it's a movie, kind of. Okay, so... I'll lead with what I gave it. I gave it two and a half stars. I liked it, but because it did a lot of stuff right, it looked pretty cool. The It's kind of like DC stuff, where it doesn't have an anime look to it, but when it comes to the action, it's very much... It, Dustin says, I low-key loved Annihilation. Ooh, you're like the only one on Earth. <laughs> <laughs> and I watch it. I watch it. I remember being so... Okay, yeah, it was just so bad. It was fun, like snakes on a plane. That is true, and I feel yeah. like I have heard that opinion that people uh, more and more. I've heard people like it because it's so bad, and I I get that. I remember I was a to to use terminology. You would uh, I was a mark for all things Mortal Kombat when I was a kid. I was slightly disappointed by by, but still loved the first Mortal Kombat movie. I went and seen it right. in the theater. I hated. The, the sequel i hated annihilation so bad because i was excited for it i was pumped right and it and it's a train wreck so it really is i was so disappointed in that <laughs> they movie. did
2: try to cram a lot of characters in there i'll give them
0: that and it's just it's just like it's so funny because it looks so much cheaper than the first one but it had a way bigger way bigger budget oh yeah And it was all the new characters they tried to cram into
2: that thing because they didn't spend very much on the effects. Didn't feel like it. But, you know, reptile from the first movie looked more realistic than some of the stuff they did.
0: Right. And I was always like, why did they make him an actually a reptile? Why did he turn into a human? The first movie's got problems. I'm not saying it's an amazing masterpiece of any kind. Okay. But anyway, speaking of the first movie, if you'd like to watch basically that Again, in animated oh. form, with a lot of violence. <laughs> Mortal Kombat Legends, Scorpion's Revenge. Okay, so it wasn't... Wait,
2: what? But Scorpion didn't even talk in the first
0: movie. How is that possible? Oh, well, that is that is a flaw of the first movie, for sure. Uh, not that he needs to talk, but, like... Scorpion...
2: Did he at least have, like, a spear that's actually an animal that lives
0: in his hand? I suspect... Yeah, no. I mean, so... <laughs> This is basically, it follows very closely the first movie, in a way. It's very much that setup, except it adds this entire subplot, which the title might lead you to assume Scorpion has a bigger role. It uh, adds an entire subplot about Scorpion. His backstory, he's kind of the main character. At a certain point, it switches over to not even Luke Kang. I mean, he's there, but it's almost it, we open with Scorpion, we get a bunch of stuff with him, um, makes him super cool cuz Scorpion's the coolest, everybody knows it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it's and at a certain point it switches over to like the what you the MK1 default kind of heroes. Um but I feel like Johnny Cage and Sonya get more focus than Luke Kang. Their side of the story is pretty much just Mortal Kombat 1, the movie. Scorpions is interesting; it's not bad. I don't really; it's not worth going through the whole details. We're basically. I feel like gonna see it again in a week, you know, in live action form. Uh, he's ba- he's a revenge demon, really. You know, he, he right? Revenge zombie. I don't say, know what is you- his subplot
2: uh, a sub hero
0: or a sub zero? Oh. <laughs> More like absolute zero. Oh boy, that was a line from the first movie. I, oh, it does. It was not a good one then. It's not good no. now.
1: <laughs>
0: uh, but okay, I, I mainly want to get to my like critiques of this movie. Um, it's if listen, if you were like a '90s kid or whatever, uh, '90s teen, and you loved Mortal Kombat, and you're kind of like, man, Mortal Kombat. How could they never do the violence, do the gore? It's Mortal Kombat. This is for you, but also like you at your age now. But if you were mentally like eight, and that's my that's, <laughs> my, that's my that's my problem, because this feels like a, It looks nice, like I said earlier. It's it doesn't have an anime look to the animation, on but like the fight style has an anime look. Like a, yeah, I feel like the shows have kind of adopted that, the way the camera moves and just the little animation techniques. So it's super dynamic in that respect. The fights are good. The violence and the gore is overboard. It's overboard. Uh, they, I feel like their big thing was like, okay, Mortal Kombat, but we don't have to worry about ratings. And they're like, okay, so we should do some fatalities. They're like, no, just do all the violence. Just do it all the time. <laughs> just put it on an <laughs> extra blood mode. Right, right. Uh, so there's... Cr- on the one hand, I appreciate that the violence is there and it's animated. So it's not really that it's not disturbing. But on the other hand, there's times when it's like it, this doesn't need to be there. Like it's not necessary. Right. It's there just to be there. But it is so over the top in its violence sometimes. Uh, Scorpion goes wild right in the opening and just there's chunks and parts flying everywhere. It's insane. <sighs> Does it have a guy that pops up at the bottom? No, and I can't remember specifically, but I almost guarantee there's a toasty joke. Dustin said it right there, toasty. There's always a right. toasty joke. Uh, there, I guarantee there will be a toasty joke in the new one. You can't not do the toasty joke. Mm-hmm. Um, Dustin can't stop thinking about the look on Goro's face when Johnny punches him in the D in the first movie. Yeah. Um, who does Johnny... I feel like the joke in this is Johnny gets punched or kicked in the D a couple times himself and that's their play <laughs> on it.
2: Oh no. Uh, we'll have the tables of turn Johnny.
0: Sp- speaking of Johnny, here's where, here's where this movie, this is lost a lot of stars and why I say it's the meant for for it feels like a super hyper violent Saturday morning cartoon. The, the mentality of Johnny cage, the character, like they do exactly like in the first movie where he he doesn't know he's going for this thing. He thinks he's going for an acting gig and they carry that joke of him not realizing that it's not real, that he's not in a movie set, despite not seeing a single camera at any point. So late into the thing where he's like fighting, uh, you know, Baraka jobbers, you know, I can't remember the race of what their name is offhand, but like he basically mutants, had to right? explode half of the castle before he's like, I don't think this is a movie. And it's like, dude, <laughs> that's so stupid. Like they tried to carry yeah. it so long that it, it felt, you know what I want now though? You know
2: how like they've got, we've gotten like the aged up, uh, Shang Tsung and what now uh-huh. I, I want Johnny Cage played by Nicholas Cage way in the future. And he's basically now, and he thinks everything's a movie and he's just like, he just keeps
1: getting
0: into fights. Where's, <laughs> where's the catering? Where's the catering? You want to fight? Is this, the, this is the part where you fall over.
1: <laughs> uh,
0: so the the stuff with Johnny Cage was Dustin man there with the yeah he's a bro coming in ham. with the vax he's he's a Mortal Kombat bro ham. Uh, I liked it a lot. the The writing was not great. The story was pretty decent. I mean, it pretty much relied on what was there. It's basically Mortal Kombat one with elements, some elements taken from later Mortal Kombat's. Like, there's mention of Chinook, and um, uh, oh, I had his name earlier. Quan Chi is in it. Quan Chi's in it, and he didn't pop up till like Mortal Kombat four or something. Um, so, like, there's a couple things it pulls, but otherwise, it's a whole lot of like. There's so many scenes where I'm like, oh, hey they're in that stage and it's not like, you know, it's just the background or whatever, but it was cool. But like I said, the writing, the way the characters are handled, it's feels so dumbed down. It feels like it was still written for kids, but with the violence that they can get away with now, because Mortal Kombat kids are thirties and forties now. So,
3: mm. right. Yeah. But you know, not all of them have matured much past, uh, <laughs> <laughs> past eight years. Old, so.
0: Well, Hey, listen, Exactly. And I don't need my Mortal Kombat cartoon movies to remind me of that fact. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it did feel a little bit like, I don't know, like it just didn't know how to get the humor other than to like just be real dumb about it. But it was, uh-huh. it's inter- If you're a huge Mortal Kombat fan like Dustin, if you haven't watched it, a, you clearly are a fan. Like it's worth a watch. It's not bad. But because of the attempts at humor, Which there were a couple good jokes. Okay, Raiden had Raiden, specifically in regards to Johnny Cage, like the stupidity of Johnny Cage, had the best laugh because at a certain point they're like, Aren't we gonna tell him? And he's like, No, it amuses me.
1: (laughs) So (laughs) so just this like
0: random pettiness right there. Yeah. So anyway, off I'm off about that. (sighs) I wanted to get that Mortal Kombat SEO, man. Oh, that's that's what it is. Yeah, I mean, I did watch it. Okay, and that's okay. Let's let's move on. Okay, where's where's that segue? Uh, You know what I like superheroes. You know what else I like horror movies. What if there were super (laughs) horios? Okay. What just (laughs) happened here? now i have to ju- i'm now i'm trying to justify the the t- the post title of super horror that i put on here you i mean i kind of want cookies now
1: Horios,
0: horios. we got to be careful with how we say that yeah horios. uh yeah the as the new mutants that's what we're going to talk about uh sure we're behind the times this movie, dude, this director signed on for this to for this movie five years before it finally got released. That's a That's long crazy. time. That's mm-hmm. a long time. Okay, so everybody knows, but hold on. Let me do my little screen share deal. Everybody knows. The New Mutants came out last year, 2020. Whew, bad time to come out, too. Yeah. We're uh, the best timing because there were no other movies to really compete against. That's a good point. And I don't think it necessarily, I don't know who knows what the total budget is. Disney probably doesn't even know because they didn't even produce most of it. Um, right. I don't think it lost money though. I think it did okay. Or at least it did better than they were projecting.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, anyway, overview of five young mutants just discovering their abilities while held in a secret facility against their will fight to escape their past sins and save themselves and this had the what the the faceless girl what uh, a girl has no name there you go yes thank you her uh this netflix chess playing girl (laughs) melanie's like who is that i swear i've seen her somewhere i'm like have you been on netflix you've seen her in that picture for that chess movie
3: yeah, but I've seen some. Speaking else. of
0: Netflix, the TV show or movie here.
3: <laughs> was she was she the girl in the witch? Yes. Okay.
0: The
2: witch. That's
3: where, that's where I'm thinking of her from.
0: And we got Stranger, Kentucky Things, <laughs> and some other people. Um, that's <laughs> none of which are even the main character. But the main character, I think, uh, Alice.
3: That's oh, wait, not, the main, that's character. not the, main the main character. Where'd she go? The main character's that
0: one. Right there. Blue, Hunt, Blue Hunt. How could I forget that name? Uh, I think she's a relative newcomer, so.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, Dustin said, she's the girl from Split. Yeah, that's, that's it. Split and The Witch. Split is how I, I think is where I first, it might've been her first big movie, uh, kind of noticed her. I forgot she was in The Witch.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, Dustin said for him new mutants was a terrible movie with a bad a final ten minutes that was a bad was censoring it H- he liked the <laughs> final 10 minutes is what I'm trying to say <laughs> okay let me find a better picture here oh here we go some artwork uh, would you guys think of
3: this I did not I didn't hate it entirely but that's only really because i like the idea but the movie itself was not well executed at all or written or you know just put together it, it's not a good movie but no. like i said it's kind of it's a, i like the idea behind it they could have done something cool with it it has a bright burnfield, not not quite as good the as but like the, yeah yeah there's potential there they just didn't live up to it
0: at all, they're me. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> wow! I w- Whoa. I, how do I follow that? I was gonna say I agree, but I don't agree with what you just said. But I, with your thoughts on the movie, yeah, I, I, I would generally agree. I expected to kind of not hate, not lo- not like it. I expected to hate it. I thought it was gonna be terrible. Uh, there was a lot of, a lot of people like really try. I feel like, or at least. Maybe people just didn't care by the time, by the time it came out. But I've, I've heard nothing good about it at any right. point. So my expectations were pretty low. I thought it was okay. I I didn't hate it. I the, the biggest issue, well, there's lots of little issues that build up to. There's a lot of issues once you start thinking about it. <laughs> right.
2: This thing suffers from the Prometheus, what I call the Prometheus effect, where you're like, yeah, it was all right. I didn't mind it. There's something bothering me, though. Oh, it's this. Oh, and this. Oh, and this. Oh, when I start thinking about this, this movie doesn't work at all. I knew. The powers (laughs) fall apart. The plot falls apart. Everything. What did that even mean?
0: I knew. I knew. I was trying to hurry up and get it in before Jesse jumped in because I knew he was salty about it. I could just tell by the way you were talking about it. Okay, yeah. (laughs) Long story short, wasted potential. I didn't hate it. Jesse. So what did you think of this?
2: I really liked it.
0: <laughs>
2: well, okay, so, I like, I, I am salty about it, because I have all these nitpicks, and they really, like, that's that's the thing. It's like, I watched it, I enjoyed it on its face, and I was like, you know what, this is not as bad as everybody said. Like, I thought it was going to be, like, worse than X3. And, uh, and, that, and that's the game I've been playing, because, like... Uh, I was talking to my good friend Ben. We've we've talked to Ben. We've even had Ben. Uh, we even interviewed Ben at right. one point on the show, and because uh, whenever we get going with comic books, him and I—that's kind of how we found each other in high school—is we were the comic nerds. There were more of us than that, but like in our grade, it was pretty much us too. and so we bonded over comics and X-Men in particular. And so I was talking to him about it a little bit earlier this evening, and and he was like worst X-Men movie. And I was like, man, I don't know if we, if we play that game, I don't know that I can go that far because when I think of like apocalypse and even more recent dark Phoenix, there is literally nothing I remember about dark Phoenix. I know they tried to do the dark Phoenix saga again, and that's about it. Like, I can't tell you a standout moment from that movie. Granted, I haven't watched it more than once, but I've only watched this once. And I can tell you several things about this movie. This this movie, like, there's memorable bits in it, whether they were good or not. Mm-hmm. I remember parts of this movie. X-Men Apocalypse, I remember a little bit about the movie. There were some memorable bits, but most of it, meh, unmemorable. X3 is more memorable than either of those two movies for me. Uh, not for good reasons, but more memorable. And that's kind of where this sits. This sits somewhere around X3 for me, which is not high praise, Mm -hmm. but it's not the worst X-Men movie in my brain.
3: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, Randall, I think maybe since you seem to enjoy it, what is it that makes you like this show?
0: Okay. I like the premise. I like the premise a lot. Mm -hmm. And I, it's it's the kind of movie where I you can see clearly, and this m- might not really be a good thing, but you can see clearly the influences and what they were trying to do. And sometimes it's works, sometimes it's there, but overall it kind of it just wasn't. Um mm-hmm. but I I really like the premise. It's mm-hmm. it's a well, let's take new mutants and let's you know, let's do Nightmare on Elm Street 3, which is something I was talking to Melanie about last Mm -hmm. Melanie about when we were watching this last night I was like it's I was like it's got a nightmare you know it's got a nightmare on Elm Street it must be three dream warriors or whatever with the kids Mm -hmm. in the and I was like not that that's an amazing movie but that's not a bad thing they're obviously kind of channeling that kind of teen horror maybe 80s teen horror feel and oh you mean something like Buffy the Vampire Slayer oh man (laughs) listen when they watch TV, they only watch Buffy. You, That's it. Oh, come on. Gee, I wonder. Also, I wonder what they're trying to channel here—less than subtle—but I guess I, I appreciate the nod to the moment. Is like, uh, you know, Stark or whatever. Um, Maisie Williams is kind of given uh, the one chick the eyes a little bit, and on the scene is uh, from Buffy. Why are they watching that episode, by the way? That's like the most depressing episode of television ever made. But it also has like the first on like on screen network TV lesbian kiss. Um, So they they're watching that scene. I'm like, okay, yep. I mean, I know where this story is going. That's fine. But listen, they're watching Buffy. So, (laughs) yeah, Buffy, I wasn't wild about the weird design of the happy face guys, but even their overall like body design reminded me of certain characters from very popular episode from a very popular episode of Buffy.
2: So the yeah. Quiet men or yeah. was it something else? Yeah.
0: I, or, yeah. That, it, that might be what they were called, but yeah, it's that episode. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, I liked all that. That was potentially good. The problem is it just didn't go far enough there was a couple scenes where I'm like, okay, they actually kind of shot this like a horror movie. The story is a horror movie story, but most of it is super bright, saturated colors, not shot like a horror movie shot, like a modern superhero movie. And so that's, you know, right. Yeah. That's where the pros kind of hit the like cons where it's like they didn't commit. And can I run through a little bit of, facts. I read Wikipedia today. Sure. <laughs> all of it. All of Wikipedia. No. Um, <laughs> Nightmare on Elm Street. 3. I'm going to tear, tear through this thing like a demon bear. I'm, I know. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> Nightmare on Elm Street 3. Well, I got to get through the production stuff because that's the stuff that was interesting because I kept hearing about there were so many production troubles and watching it. I was like, well, it's a mess kind of like tonally, but it, it wasn't like Fantastic Four where... You can see the reshoots. You know when reshoot shots happened. Well, for one, there were never any reshoots for this. There were supposed to be. They didn't need, but because of like how things got delayed and then inevitably, which they got delayed for uh, Deadpool 2, I think, was coming out. And they didn't want to have like, I mean, it's the same company. It was Fox, but they didn't want to have two of their own movies like kind of competing. So they delayed it. And then it was. Dark Phoenix or whatever. And they're like, nope, delayed it. And then Disney happened. And they're like, okay, delay it. And then COVID happened. And anyway, and during all that time, there were supposed to be reshoots. Apparently, you know, every movie has like pickups. They do technically almost every movie does some sort of reshoots, but it's not like we need to fix this or change this. It's like, oh, there's some shots we're missing or there's a plot hole here. Let's go shoot something to fill it. Um, They didn't even do that. So I guess that could be a problem. But they were supp- <laughs> they were supposed to do reshoots resho- like every time it got delayed until the last time and they're like, "Okay, so time for reshoots. What do you want to do?" And they're like, "The cast all look way too old now. We shot this mm-hmm. thing like f- 3 4 years ago. We can't do reshoots now." So they just, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. They rolled with it. That said the tone the tonal stuff is it's definitely there. The original vision, of course, was horror movie, including Nightmare on Elm Street 3 specifically was an influence the director mm-hmm. had mentioned. And I was like, well, yeah, I caught that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the studio was like, well, uh, let's push it towards towards a young adult movie. It's going to be we want a, a YA feel. Mm-hmm. And so then ultimately they're like, OK, we'll do that. And that's what the contract was signed for him and i don't remember who else some other people wrote the script and when all said was done and when all was said and done apparently there's a whole list of it there were like six other people who had also contributed to the script including a writers room of six more people that were not like credited hired by the mm-hmm. studio that threw in like pulled the script apart and put it back together so like it's one of those deals so this reeks of college pro-
2: college group project where like you have to do something
0: or you you're not getting part of the grade
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, Paul says give them two years and seven billion dollars I'm sure they can get it right that's the norm now isn't it well part way through I was like hashtag release the what's his name something boon cut or whatever. Um, yeah, but it's
3: it's two years and seventy million dollars, right? I
0: don't need three more hours of this movie. Though. Hashtag released the Josh Boone cut, but I don't yeah. think the Josh Boone cut. I, I think that you could probably re-edit this movie, but it doesn't. It's not the same type of mm. thing because uh, so they shot it with some horror stuff, but studio wants YA. We're going to go YA, so they went more that direction, and then it came out. It. And made a ton of money and the studio was like, whoa, horror movies, huh? <laughs> so they, re- so they cut the trailer, the oh, first no. trailer to make it look more like the horror movie that it was originally the director wanted it to be and release that. So that's why we're all like, whoa, it's a horror movie. And they're like, uh, well, we're going to have to reshoot some stuff because we, sh- it's more YA than horror at this point. Right. And then there we are. They then the reshoots just never really
2: happened,
3: so it never got shot to be a horror.
0: It never really got.
2: Pushed it does. That it does explain a lot, right? Because it was like, mm-hmm. like we're all gonna hang out in the attic, yeah, like friends, but more like enemies. So we're like frenemies in an mm-hmm. attic
0: together. That is, there's. It's so rushed. It's so rushed. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like yeah. even the story that's there could be better, and this is a big gripe that Melanie had. If the characters were better, but everybody's so rushed and like, yeah stereotypical like they're so cliche one note
3: yeah and and something that Randall maybe pointed out to me not not only just stereotypical but they're like hey you're white you take the worst accent you can of your stereotypical character and Mm. then just beat it you know play it up yeah so bad so bad all of them well no actually Maisie was okay but um the other two were not, <laughs> but uh, yeah, like like the horror idea is is a good idea. If they would have gone with that, and maybe they could have used that to make these characters and their interactions seem more uh, cohesive, makes sense. Rather than yeah, teens that are fighting don't really know each other, kind of seem to be fighting, and then all of a sudden they're just like, I'm gonna tell you my life story. Maybe they could have used the, the horror plot, you know, the the killer dreams and appropriately. And instead of just one person's dreams being seen by other people, they all got to experience each other's nightmares and bond over that. Like, what is that, you know, crazy miners all threatening to kill me? Well, that's my dad and his friends, you know. Then everybody gets to know each other's stories. You get to care about everybody. They all get to bond with each other. And you can do it with less time and energy than the little side tangents that they go on. You know, it's just uh, the way they, they, they misused the material in my opinion, in a horrible way. And it did, it did. It just made them made a worse movie.
0: I wanted to comment on the race thing because that is also another thing I learned a little bit more about, but I would agree if with, with the kids, the doctor is a whole nother thing, apparently. Uh, with the kids, if they're white, they're—I feel like the direction was like, "You're from Kentucky, uh, you're Russian, you're this. Do the most stereotypical version of that accent as you possibly can." And if they weren't white, they're like, "Do whatever." I ain't say nothing. Mm-hmm. Like, because they're—they're <laughs> right, right, just, right. they're just normal, and then everyone else is like so like they're. Which
3: Brazilian kid? You're from California. <laughs> right
0: right right. You, know, you just speak english uh how about you uh even
3: though like in the comics
0: he's he's very much brazilian people were very right. upset because in the comics he's afro like he yeah is what do they call is afro brazilian brazilian there's a specific, i believe so yeah yeah like he's a little whitewashed in that the actor they cast he doesn't have he's not black at all and the mm-hmm. character apparently is you know Black Brazilian, which is a big portion of Brazil. Also, the doctor, apparently in the comics, is black. Mm. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, she is, actually. You're right. I didn't know. And I was like, oh. Yeah. Like, Mm -hmm. okay. So she's straight up whitewashed. Yeah, that's right. They did did change her ethnicity, too.
3: That's strange, too, because, I mean, no offense to that actress. I might have seen her in other things and liked her. I didn't think... she was maybe my least favorite part of the whole thing. I don't I didn't understand her purpose for a lot of it, maybe. And maybe that's because they, they did such lazy crap with her. Like she's always mm-hmm. sleeping or drugged or whatever, you know, to get her out of the way. Um well so that, it was basically
2: um, her power, I think her powers played into the plot kind of thing. Like, how do you yeah. keep these kids here? Her powers are force fields. That's literally her power. Right. But that that just plays into you just start in on the the lazy logic of how these powers even work. Like, uh-huh. yeah, she was drugged. She was unconscious. Why can't they just leave now?
1: hmm her, because- her, 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 her powers just work, powers just work when work. she's asleep.
2: And that's mm-hmm. backed by the fact that Danny Moonstar's powers just work when she's asleep. Mm-hmm. Or doing anything. Like, she could be totally occupied with whatever, and her powers are just on autopilot in the background killing people.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That was that was something I had. I was a, I was, a, she was knocked unconscious. That's not even just sleeping, yeah. it, for a portion of it. So it made it seem like, and maybe this is true in the comics. She'll con. Spoiler spoilers. We're gonna get into some spoilers. She conjures things. They just then exist. They're not like tied to her.
2: Okay, so s- some of that, yeah, some of that has context in the in the. Uh in the comic and in particular in this storyline where uh she is unconscious but it's more like she's in the she's in the dream she's in her power kind of like what happened in the in this a little bit but not quite to the same degree um in fact when they face the demon bear danny isn't there (laughs) like danny doesn't face the demon bear Ironically, oh, in the comics, really? so that that may okay. have been an improvement in this storyline because it's like, but well, it seems like she
0: should have to face her own fear, right? Right. Not just let the team do it. It was so on the nose with like the way it set some of that stuff up. I appreciated that the I appreciated the demon bear threat, I guess, but it's like it's not necessarily good script writing to teleport your punches so transparently uh, with the story about her dad and the necklace and the, you, you got to get that exposition out of the way somehow, mm. but it not, I don't know. it It's, it's just not very well handled here.
3: Right. I would agree mostly because I mean, they have that one tiny scene where she's up on the uh, clock tower or whatever. Um, but other than that, and maybe it's, again, I don't want to be mean to the actress. I don't know. I've never seen her anything else. Maybe she's fine. I didn't get, like, this heartbroken sadness of losing your family and everything you know in your entire world from the little bit we got to focus on that. Um, but, you know. Right. Even if you gloss that over it, she got over, she seemed to get over it fairly quickly. Everything, everything just, that's the whole thing. Everything in this movie seems really lazy. Like they didn't really try. They were just like, okay, we'll just take, you know, these Lego brick pieces of movies and stick them together until they make a movie rather than, you know, creating something new and, and that works. Yeah. It's, it's,
0: I think you're right. It really is like, take the Lego brick pieces. Mm hmm. It reminds me of a YouTube video I seen recently where the guy was talking about movies. The issue was like they want the movie moments, but they don't want to get the do the work to get to the moments. It's uh-huh. so it's just some of these movies, and I think they they were on about Star Wars, but other other some other like Disney stuff and various big movies now. Mm-hmm. So it's just mo- moment 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 without the connecting pieces. And that uh-huh. is kind of the issue with this kind of this. I know this wasn't Disney. This was Fox for the most part. But that is kind of the issue with this is you think of the scene where they they I do generally like the setup, though, of like just the one adult there as the one kind of like authority figure who's also for whatever. They're apparently scared enough of her never to attack her. But and then she kind of loses <sighs> kind of loses it a little bit towards the end. Anyway, I like that idea of the one adult there. Who's not really on their side, Um, Mm -hmm. but there's the scene where they drug her and then they're partying. I guess, I don't know where they got alcohol. If they were drinking, we just see a couple guys sitting there. Here's my backstory. And then chicks, the two uh, two of the girls dancing in the hallway. And it's like, Oh, I guess this is a party. Like, what are they really Mm -hmm. doing though? At this point, they should have just been leaving because Cecilia Reyes is unconscious. And there was no, like, lead up to it at all. It was just all of a sudden, they're sneaking in a hallway. Like, it felt, it felt like there was something missing. Like, maybe they had some reshoots they should have done but never got a chance to. But right. they're sneaking through a hallway and they're like, oh, what about, what's her name? Oh, I took care of her. I drugged her. I don't know. what The, the dialogue wasn't that bad. But, I don't know, a better movie where we actually felt like we were with the characters and that the characters had been in these situations together, rather than just suddenly there's characters and a situation. Um, Mm -hmm. Here's some exposition Mm would have actually like, what are we going to do? Or what are you doing? Or here's Mm -hmm. the plot. We're going to go make a little heist segment or section out of a drugging this lady so that we can party with this booze. I've got stashed over here or whatever, Mm -hmm. (laughs) or even a great example is like when we first get a, uh, like get a scene really with um, we get to meet uh, what's her name. The Russian chick. Uh, Ileana Rasputin. Yes. Um, She goes out front with, with the lady or with the, with the, with the viewer surrogate Uh, blue is her Uh, actresses Danny Moonstar thank you the names whatever we follow her outside and she like ducks down behind this in this fountain comes out with a spray can and starts (laughs) spraying graffiti and it's like wait what really where'd you get that spray can there's like five of you in this entire place so you're just gonna graffiti and not get in trouble for it I see no graffiti anywhere like Oh, also. Yeah. Where'd you get the spray can? Like,
1: She's the bad the girl. Town?
0: Yeah. Or
2: yeah,
1: mm-hmm.
0: so it, stuff like that. It's silly. You can't be the crazy one. That job's taken. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> I can deal with some of the cringe dialogue because these are s- supposedly damaged teenagers. And kind of on the middle to younger end of teenagers, I guess, mm-hmm. like, uh, I think the lead's supposed to be like 16 or something. Um, so teens are cringy. Like if you were to do it authentically, it would be embarrassing because teens are always trying to whatever, act cool, but it's, it's, it's not that it's not good writing. It's embarrassing at times because it's bad writing.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah.
3: Yeah. And I want to real quick just to add part just partially to what we were talking about um, or you were talking about with the moments and moments. It's not just it's it's worse than just, you know, get to this moment, get to this moment. It's all get to this nostalgic moment. I've seen this movie before. I know this formula. That's what they're trying to get to is the oh, yeah, I know this. Oh, yeah, this is familiar. So it's it's even worse than than just, you know, um, a moment. It's a generic moment that you already know which is the worst, the worst, you know?
0: This was also originally, and for the most part, when they shot it, this was placed in the 80s. This was set in the 80s.
3: Was it? Oh, hmm. I didn't even know that.
0: Well, they changed it somehow. I guess probably cut out any direct references to 80s and put Buffy in there because that's 90s or uh-huh. even early 2000s. Um, early two- Definitely early 2000s with the clips that they showed. But yeah, apparently it was supposed to be set in the eighties, and then Dark Phoenix came out, which I don't know. Oh, yeah, if that Is that
2: one supposed to be in the nineties, maybe. But yeah, yeah, the X Men trilogy—they kept gradually aging them up and having them be like a uh, uh, like a product of the time kind of thing, right? So like, what was what was first class? Was that sixties or seventies? Yeah. Yes. Yes. And then then the the next one, uh, was it days of future past was seventies or eighties.
0: Right. And then apocalypse was, I think apocalypse was eighties. I think you're right. Yeah. But something came out and it scared the studio. They're like, no, no more of the period pieces, no more period pieces. Because, you know, if a movie doesn't do good, the studio's like, what was wrong with this movie that we (laughs) engineered with, with a calculator to succeed? Uh right, right. It was play- set in and the 80s. We
2: even have a character from or we even have an actor that was a character in
0: Stranger Things. Of all the movies, this one should have embraced it. It right. felt like right. it could have turned. it into an 80s horror movie. The premise of a character that's like manifesting thing from people's fears. It is Nightmare on Elm Street. If they could have if they would have embraced that, for the most part, that whole element felt like a non-existent part of the plot that just kind of like something would happen occasionally. That's weird. Right. And then it, the, I think just in general, the horror is so downplayed that it doesn't really feel relevant at all until it's the plot, until the right. plot gets to the point where it's like, we have to deal with this now. Yeah. Um, this would have been the movie. The time period doesn't really matter because they're, it's not a farmhouse, but it's like a, whatever they're set in a place where time period doesn't matter. Technology is not relevant to the story. Paul said mutants lost in time. I, I, and maybe I don't know if this bothers you, Jesse, but a lot of people seem really hung up on how this connects to the X Men universe, and they. Okay, yeah. So I have plenty to say about that. Okay. Well,
2: I really haven't talked about like what I even did like about this too much. I think the the overarching thing that I really like, and I think really wish that they could have explored it more. Like, if this if this movie has potential in any arena, it is in that idea that a new mutant can be more dangerous it can be the most dangerous thing because they don't know how to control their power and creating creating the storyline around that like the threat is the new mutant you know like her ability is scary and that part was almost convincing when they did it right when they and like you were saying when they did it wrong it was forgettable at best um But when they did it right, like, Danny Danny Moonstar's power was almost more scary than anything they did with Dark Phoenix's power. You know, like, oh, yeah, she's the most powerful. She's an alpha level mutant. And uh, she could probably snuff you out if you gave her a Cerebro. But uh, Danny Moonstar is somehow more terrifying because it's right there in your face and it's affecting everyone. And it's pulling on their their actual fears. And it can actually kill you. Like Mm -hmm. your fears can actually kill you like a Freddy Krueger movie. Yeah. So like that part, pretty cool. Um, But when we get into, when we get into, is this an X-Men movie? That's where this really falls apart. Like, I think this movie, first of all, would have really benefited from, they don't know what's going on at all. They're they're really not aware of the X-Men or they don't reference the X-Men, like leave them out of it almost. Because once you start doing that, then it's like, oh, so Deadpool 2 is a hit. Let's make a whole movie about the kid from the school, mm-hmm. but make them all messed up. Not just one messed up kid. They're all messed up. You know?
3: That actually
2: would have been a better movie. <laughs> <I'm> sorry. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. I, again, like they could not. It's it. It feels like they couldn't decide, though. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. yes, this is an X Men movie, and we know it's an X Men movie because we've got to do this, and we got to be like, have you even seen the X Men bro, and do that whole thing, and then not really mention it again until we get reveals of the big, the big threat that is never fully realized. Um, that's a pretty big spoiler, but I mean also this is never going anywhere. It's not they're setting up a sequel that will never happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and even if they were going to do that, they needed to do that better. But you could see the writing on the wall here that this is never going to get a sequel. so we're not going to put an Easter egg in the after credits
1: mm-hmm.
2: and that yeah. would have maybe paid off some of the references they were making.
0: Yeah, I, you're absolutely right with they they just didn't know mm-hmm. because they had, Apparently, uh, earlier versions of the script, Professor X was there, w- was involved, and other oh. character uh, Storm. Like it would have been, and it would have been the like second. I don't know how they would have pulled that off. Not the to second, have them actually it, tied in. It would have been like the yeah. third trilogy of versions of the younger them's. You know, so McAvoy hmm. and I don't remember who played yeah. Storm, the the good Storm, not not the later, not the other Storm. I don't really care for her <laughs> that much, but. You know, they wrote that out. So if I think what I'd read is the studio is like, well, Logan isn't totally separated, but it is often its own thing doing a thing. Logan did very well. Deadpool did very well. And they're like, so it doesn't have to be directly tied. Although Logan is, I mean, Logan is directly tied. I get it doesn't feel like an X-Men movie. So maybe that's their thinking. But they're also like, but then again, you know. Yeah. Franchise. so, I feel like they, the Essex Essex Corporation yeah, or whatever SX Corporation, I mean, played they're... a larger role at one yeah. point. It gets a mention here, and there was intention to shoot a post-credit scene with that set up, Mister Sinister. That's who Essex is. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay.
2: Sinister's name that he uses is Nathaniel Essex. And so that's like, so those two schools, so the school in Deadpool 2 is also an Essex
0: right. school. It's interesting yeah. that they're like, well, Logan and Deadpool were the kind of, they did their own thing. So maybe we can do that with here, with that here, which means tying them directly to Logan and Deadpool. <laughs> like, what kind of logic is that?
1: Yeah.
3: You know what though you remind me of another opportunity that they missed. God, they they really did this thing so wrong. They could've with new mutants and the setting, they could've gone a little bit um, what do you call it? Legion. You know, like where he's like, Am I crazy? Yes. Yep. Am I am I you know? That at with with the the new the whole, you know, new mutants don't know how to control their powers, that works so good. And then also the horror setting was of what's about powers. And I I understand they needed that lady there to be the thing that keeps them under lock and key. But even she kind of would have been unnecessary almost. I mean, they needed her there for that purpose. But the, the whole movie, I mean, the whole thing could have ridden just on that. And then she's just an a, another obstacle at the end. You know what I mean? Right.
1: Um,
3: so many, so many. That's why... Maybe that's part of the reason I, I'm so unhappy about this movie because it could have done so much better, even if you don't know anything about X-Men. I want to make you matter. I want to make you
2: matter. Okay. okay. Okay, so I'm sure that the reason that Legion's not involved is because of wherever the rights are. I'm sure the rights are up in the air because they made a show mm-hmm. or someone else, right?
1: Yeah.
2: Legion is involved in the New Mutants, and can you imagine what Danny Moonstar's powers would do to a schizophrenic with multiple personalities and each personality has their own power.
3: (laughs) Can you imagine that movie? That would have been, yeah, that would have been amazing. Maybe that's,
0: uh, this movie, since it couldn't commit fully to the eighties horror, teen horror thing is completely unnecessary because that was, it's, it's not an original angle by the way, but that was its main original or interesting angle because everything, every other concept that they hit on, yeah, it was done in Legion, way better. Right. The problem is, a studio doesn't want to risk a superhero movie on things like psychological horror. Legion was so good. Like, I wish psychological horror in particular suits mutant character, you know, X Men type characters. Uh, because Legion at times felt like straight up horror when it wasn't doing musical dance numbers and crazy stuff. Right. Um but a st- I don't think a studio would ever back a especially now Disney. I'm impressed with what they did with WandaVision even though that was still kind of reined in in my opinion. They would never back anything as weird in movie form as something like Legion was.
1: Mhm.
0: Just saying.
2: So, one of the, here's another thing. Okay.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Since, uh, since we're, di- now, now we're digging into comics stuff, right? Right. Right. Okay. So let's dig into their powers and their fears because this is at the heart of the characters. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh,
2: most of, most of the characters, first of all, uh, there, they had such one note backstories that they mm-hmm. were forgettable. Cannonball in particular had the, like, it was the most obvious story.
3: Um, well, maybe that's the thing that ties it to the eighties. Because, I yeah. mean, I'm sure there are some coal mines still in the world, but the the coal miner's son is a pretty old stereotype, you know? Right. Well, yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead.
2: Um, and then, <laughs> sunspots power Roberto's was just uh, like I was with my girlfriend, and my powers came on. I got and that was pops. his whole story. I got that was his. Pops. That was it. And my parents oh.
3: are rich. I, I was actually concerned at a point, and maybe this is how it is that I'm wrong, it, it, but I was concerned that his powers were linked to like his sexual attraction, like it only ter- only happened when he was excited or something. You know what I mean? And the like that's a really bad turn on The sun.
2: Have.
3: They gave us no
2: context for his powers. His power, <laughs> he absorbs the sun, and it turns into. Heat or kinetic energy or of some form yeah okay yeah, yeah yeah no like they gave us no context for his powers and and the way that they explained that away is he just doesn't use them mm-hmm. he never uses them. nobody even knows nobody even knows ways here or what he does he doesn't want to talk about it he doesn't want to talk about <laughs> it yeah uh and then uh Wolfsbane, rain uh she, she i mean yeah her 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 backstory is almost most accurate but also it's the most boring in the way that it's portrayed it's just you know that she turns into a wolf and uh her family is very catholic yeah and so you're a witch that kind of thing so that makes you evil um well who who else was even in this movie Uh, uh the russian chick okay so the russian chick probably had the coolest powers and that was like the biggest payoff in terms of visual effects and and all of that and so you can just like almost shut your brain off and go that was cool right Mm -hmm. but um like her ability is to transport in and out of limbo limbo is an actual plane and these like like i believe at one point she's even like kidnapped by little imps and and taken there and she's there and then like she's there as a six year old girl and she comes back and she's like you know an adult or at least a a teenager when she comes back boom that kind of thing and then she's got the soul blade and she's essentially been ruling limbo Mm
1: -hmm.
2: like that whole thing but in this in this they totally changed her They, they gave her all the all the visuals they gave her essentially the same abilities but they changed her backstory so dramatically I had to look it up to see what any of this was supposed to mean because I could take it a lot of different ways. It's like, what are the smiley men? Are they from limbo? Because I know I, because of what I know about the comics, it became really confusing,
1: mm-hmm.
2: but spoilers. This is like the child's uh child fear. Re tw- I mean, like it's almost a cool thing. So I wish they would have like explained it. Right. It's like the childlike twisting and into fear of what was, she was uh, the victim of, of, child sex, sex trafficking. Right. And she would escape that by jumping into limbo. And the smiley men were a representation of the bad men that did bad things, which mm-hmm. I
0: on it. Yeah. I like that. I'm getting away from her powers for just a moment. I like that as a concept. I wish right. they would have been presented a little bit better. Cause I found it's almost laughable at first when they still right. have the masks. But it's still a little creepy. Creepy in a very, I don't know. Almost like a shock type of thing. But taking and making, like, taking that real world thing, like horrible trauma, and making it into a literal monster, I enjoy. That's a kind of Doom Patrol Legion level of like, yeah, okay, we're going to take this truly horrible thing and make an actual monster out of it. Right. It's, It's psychological, but also like, tied into these superpowers. So now it's an actual monster. I kind of, enjo- I appreciated that. Uh, mm-hmm. it, But yeah. they didn't make it clear enough
2: in order for that to be effective. We have to understand that that's what's happening. And I, and maybe I'm thick and I didn't grasp it.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Like it was clear that bad things were happening to her, but they just, they just wouldn't commit far enough
0: her to po- this is what happened. Her powers, as she explained them, she created limbo right in according to this. And so I gathered, I was like, Oh, so she's just another, she can do anything. She's essentially another, uh, Scarlet witch or as far as I could tell another, like, uh, moon star, except actually can control it type thing. Just can do whatever. And for whatever reason, just does these certain things, especially yeah, when so her, her, power's her puppet a little dragon least. is alive with her. Right. Yeah. I was like, like, okay, so she could just make things, okay. Yeah. But and I yeah. guess
2: that's what her powers
0: are in this version. Also, yeah. How, whatever. I don't. I guess maybe that's how it is in the comics with the. How can you teleport to another dimension, but like maybe not teleport back? Mm-hmm. A little bit that way outside of the mm-hmm. force field. The force field is a real. It's It's real shaky. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
2: And then, and then this is the, this is the worst part at the end when everything's kind of resolved and whatnot, Mm -hmm. like it doesn't like, I don't know. It's, it's just like kind of wrapped up in a bow kind of situation. But in reality, it's like, oh, now we know what Danny Moonstar's powers are. Her powers literally killed her family mm-hmm. <laughs> and there's no impact like right. they don't they don't even touch that they like, did man we're lucky to be alive they, d- I they literally, literally killed my father who i love and i not, wear this necklace around my neck which it's not just her father like her whole yeah,
0: everyone mm-hmm. she killed everyone,
2: but
1: everyone. I
3: mean, you could say the same about the the coal miner too well no they, they, right. they all, he at least that at was least he beat himself up about it
0: that was all right. their stories I mean, yeah. right? I guess it wasn't the werewolf. She just killed her priest, and Iliana, I think, killed a whole bunch of her captors. I'm guessing, but the other ones, yeah, yeah they killed they killed people the close to them, or their family, or girlfriend, or whatever. Like that's all their story, so it shouldn't really be a surprise. But but like that realization, the fresh
2: realization with her, it's right. not there. Yeah,
3: yeah. yeah that's- yeah, that's what I'm saying. The whole time, she doesn't seem as upset as I feel someone should be under. Even if she didn't kill them, she should be more upset than she is. And having killed them, yeah, that would be devastating. Right. Um. And you don't get any of that. Em- well, none of them are extremely emotional, honestly, but her character, I would imagine, should be the most at, at this point in time. Yeah, I was know?
0: kind of off-put where... She's told that the whole whole family or her whole family, her whole town. So essentially everyone she ever knew is dead. And then two scenes later, because then she gets like introduction to the group scene where she's just kind of like, I guess, listening. And then the next scene, she walks in the room like, "Uh like, okay, like pleasant, contented look on her face. I'm like, wait, really? So I was off put by that. There is nothing. You know what? She cold. She cold blooded. <laughs> she real cold. She'd be
2: she, making out with a werewolf at the same time, sending creepy smiley men in the magic's solitary <laughs> confinement. Like, right, and then
0: be like, "Don't what worry, the
2: heck kind of mutant
0: power allows you to do that?" Yeah. Also, yeah, what triggered her at that moment? Why? That's what I that kept thinking. It? it was like, "Wait, her power is going off now." I and then it has the movie really does have a weird way of downplaying big moments. Like she branded her girlfriend. She put uh-huh. a horrible W brand. It's her power. Werewolf chick knows it was her. She knows it was her, and she's like, sh- like upset about it for not the not the werewolf chick. Moonstar's upset about it for half a moment, and then they're talking and they're fine, and then they just move on to the next moment because, yeah, like there's no like. Impact from it. It's like you just you burnt a W on her neck. You've seen the thing on her back. That means that's going to scar forever. Yeah, yeah. It's weird. Well, not just,
3: and it's not even just that. It's like uh, their romance, which I think I had. I, I, again, I don't know. The, I don't really know these people from the comics. Um, but I'm assuming if if they have a romance, it's done way better in the comics because in this, they just like pff, it, we met like the next it's like a Romeo and Juliet the next day we're in love for some reason no reason but we are um and then this big crazy thing happens and I'm gonna risk everything for you because I love you but I don't feel any of that you know especially from uh and I have already have feelings for Macy because of Game of Thrones so I I was like well she did okay actually in my opinion but that's because I I think partially at least because I already like her but I thought she did a pretty good job of doing her character, but I don't buy that her character would so easily slip into that kind of a relationship, seeing the past that she had, that how horrible she felt about her powers that she wanted to be punished and whatever, not necessarily punished, but like have it expunged from her because it was the devil. And she's just going to be like, Oh yeah, I'm cool with being a lesbian. That's fine. Yeah. I I don't buy that. I I thought
0: that was potentially interesting and maybe it's maybe, you know what? I'm not a lesbian. Maybe they're tired of that plot line, but I even said, I was like, so she's potentially an interesting, very like a fundamentally Christian raised, uh, conf- conflicted lesbian, van- uh werewolf. That's the kind of a, that could be an interesting complex character, but it's not presented that way. Cause you're right. She doesn't seem to have like any problem with that side of it but at the same time, maybe a little conflicted about being a werewolf. Right. It's weird. She, she's an interesting character in the comics, but
2: um, like at that point, no, she, she wasn't, you know, she was essentially just a straight woman. Right. That mm-hmm. is a, that is a werewolf. Um, they do have a bond in the comics, but uh, it it plays into powers that Danny doesn't doesn't show in this movie at all. Like part of her thing, and and, and again, racial stereotypes and whatnot. Uh, Native Native American uh, superhero has this uh, ability, this empathy, this empathic link with animals, and so why do why does wolf's bane and uh moonstar have a connection <laughs> oh because no when she's a werewolf she can communicate oh no yeah oh, that's,
1: yeah, that's I, yeah. bad it,
0: melanie, So i'm
2: glad they didn't go that route with it but then instead what they were like maybe they could make out instead
0: I, yeah it, i and i didn't mind that but like, melanie no, that
2: was fine but
0: it was yeah i was somewhat impressed and then melanie's like well i don't know hold up because i was like as I was like, uh, native American. And this is something even still all the time. I'm like, why when a character, when there's a native American actor in a movie, that's their character. Right. They're just the native American and everything right. to do with them has to do with them being native American. Like, so when
3: like her, like somewhat the way it's played in this, her power is so linked to, to the, the demon bear or whatever, it, that comes from a Native American story, which is actually not the actual Native American story. If you look at the actual Native American story, it's actually two wolves and not two bears. Um, And I like that it actually was two bears in the comics because I was worried they changed it in the movie since they already had. Since so they had the character. werewolf.
0: Like, we yeah, can't do right. two wolves. Right. I Well, and I was kind of like, I was impressed. I was like, oh, they didn't really play on that too much. But I guess, yeah, Melanie, you're right. I, big plot yeah. point is. But I, I mean... That's not as bad though. That is, you know, yeah, well, yeah. No, I, they did de- they did downplay that a little bit, a little than, bit. They
2: just like white people, worst possible stereotype, right?
3: They're like you're like you're Irish, you're super Catholic, you're <sighs> Russian. Well, actually, you're I, a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're,
2: you're the mean girl. Then
3: you're you're cold hearted. Yeah, uh, you're kid from Kentucky. Your dad works at a coal mine, and you're dumb i'm I'm sorry he, he wasn't necessarily dumb but you don't get to know him at all so i don't yeah i don't really have any feelings about him actually
2: well in, in the comics he's essentially invincible once he starts his power so like him with the, having a broken arm the whole time it's like well that would have had to happen on a crash landing because he's invincible when he's uh, flying around
3: they didn't really explain his powers at all no. i like i'm like so is he like a speech or only like weird vibrational speedster i have no clue he, what his, he that, flies that's what
2: like he just like he blasts off like a cannonball boom mm-hmm. he, he flies with concussive force behind him they they did while he while he is in that form while he is taking flight he is invulnerable
0: they did like muddy the waters on what because like he would get the shaky hand and stuff mm-hmm. i kind of appreciated that he had like a weird I liked that he was into self-harm. No, he had, like, a weird self... (laughs) Listen, if these are your characters, okay? Uh, Yeah. He had a weird self-harm thing that I was like, that's kind of interesting. Like, for a character who I'm guessing is a fairly invulnerable, uh, he did have a broken arm or a cast at least the whole time. Mm -hmm. But, like, he seemed to always have a beat-up face and... It wasn't even consistent with the bruising, but then later we see he got he gets really upset about thinking about the, the coal mines and, like, cannonball punches himself in the face. So I was like, oh, that's weird and interesting, but that also doesn't go anywhere. It's just a thing right. that's there for a scene.
3: Yeah, it would have been nice if they would use that or maybe use that to connect to Moonstar Sense. She also killed her family and maybe some strangers. Oh no, definitely could, some strangers.
2: He could have helped her through that somehow, right?
3: Let's go outside and beat the crap out of each other, and we'll feel so much better. Right. <laughs> that's what they should have done, <laughs> according to the movie. I mean, I just, you know, yeah. I'm sure they could have done something actually more appropriate, but.
0: And the Catholic. That's the way this movie
3: likes to take it. They're like beating it up on yourself makes you feel better.
0: You bring out the like. <laughs> The whatever you call it,
3: <laughs> oh, yeah. Don't so just have a Da
0: Vinci code this thing. Yeah, just have a self harm party. It's cool.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: self harm party. Oh, <laughs> ain't no party until someone <sighs> gets. What is the what is the name of that thing? I can't remember. Cat, Cat of nine tails. Yeah. Or... Yeah. F-
3: yeah. F-
0: flailed, fl- flogged. Right. Yeah. That
3: actually seems more appropriate for the Irish. Person,
0: but so, uh, to, see, which, the, we didn't write it. <laughs> They wrote it. These people. (laughs) These people. Not the Irish. (laughs) I'm talking about the people who wrote the script. (laughs) Yeah. This group of like six to 12 guys. Yeah, Yeah, clearly. Who really dug that episode of
2: of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, apparently. Because Tara and Willow. (sighs) Star-crossed lovers there. Witches. Right? Oh, yeah. Witches. Yeah. All two thousand writers, Paul All 2000
3: says. Two thousand writers. I do like Randy that you're in your list of things that you liked about this movie, you're like, Buffy's a vampire slayer twice. <laughs> That's that one like one of the things, and you're like, those are the things I like about this movie.
0: I was really happy. There was two they there were two Buffy scenes and I was happy both times. I was like, All right.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> So, yeah, like their their lesbian relationship, yeah, it seemed fast and forced and uh, a little heavy handed and unnecessary. Uh, but they showed that scene from Buffy, so I'm one hundred percent on board with that. <laughs> <laughs> um,
3: yeah.
0: No, it, 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 I was thinking about it earlier in anticipation for this conversation, which we should wrap up here soon. Why, and Paul, I'm glad you're still here. Why does this not make me angry the way Brightburn makes me angry? Because they are essentially the same. Roughly, they have the same issue of like Mm -mm. a really cool premise that I like the idea of superheroes, but horror, except this should even be more so because this is like, it's got mutants. uh, It's got a
2: literal werewolf.
0: (laughs) Right. Mm -hmm. But like 80s horror (laughs) specifically. Um, wh- what, why am I not so mad? And I, it's because I, my expectations, I think, by the time this we sat down to watch this were so low. Brightburn, I was hyped all the way up to starting it, right?
3: Mm-hmm. So it's just, I have one extra excuse for this movie that I don't have for Brightburn. I, I, and they do suffer from the same thing, but in this movie, part of the thing that it suffers from, in my opinion even though there were ways kind of it, the main thing it suffers from is you can't take a new, take a premise and try to introduce five new characters and have enough time to give them all full backstories to make us give a crap about them. But when you're having a team movie, that's kind of the thing you need to do, which is why Marvel works better than a lot of other movies because they, they did have their own movies before they made them into a team. So you already know them and care about them um you can't take a team and unknown team at least and shove them into one movie together and expect to have the time to give them all full backstories and make the character development that makes us give a crap about these characters enough to like this movie well um that's that's the main that that's the first mistake they make i think with this and then there were ways to get around that a little bit it still probably wouldn't have been a great movie and they didn't use any of those ways so in the end it was destined to fail because they don't know movies well enough I guess I mean I think it's Isn't it sad the people who make movies don't know them as well as us well we watch them. well in
0: when we think of how what would make these better though we also don't have to deal with studios and investors who have millions to uh, billion dollars you know millions of dollars invested in the thing who all have their different opinions but i will say like it is possible because the the very premise of this is like uh is breakfast club meets nightmare on elm street 3 with mutants with x-men and look at breakfast club this you could you can do it like you there's all the characters you get to know all the characters very well but that's because you've spent the movie with the characters and getting to know them, them getting to know each other. And it's not just them telling uh, the, another character in uh, out of nowhere, uh, their backstory or like their, their one defining scene. Breakfast club takes the entire movie before we get to that scene. You know, it's the scene mm. towards, or it's towards the end when, you know, whatever it was a banner year at the old, whatever house and smoke up Johnny or whatever it is. Right. Like, right. You get that scene after, having been with these characters for like an hour um, and you do this movie not much longer than an hour. I was so an hour and 34 minutes. Uh, so less than an hour and a half with credits, right? Or if you cut off the credits, right. Going into it, I, I, I was actually kind of like, Oh sweet. It's only an hour and a half. It's not a two hour, two hour, 20 minute slog, like most movies anymore. And uh, good. We'll get, we'll power through it quickly. It needed more time though. Like it, it did. It, it crammed too much in uh, mm-hmm. and it didn't take time where it needed to. On the o- other side, Brightburn wasted time on things trying to be a horror movie, but not doing it in the right way, I feel mm-hmm. like. So same but different.
3: I, can I comment real quick about Guardians is the exception, not the rule then? You're wrong only because, in my opinion, you're wrong. Only because that is a comedy or a sci-fi, maybe even it's not, you can't, you don't have to care as much about people that make you laugh. Maybe Uh, no, that's not the right way to put it. It, It's a, it's just a different setup. You know, if you're in a horror movie, either you're there to die or we have to care about you, you know, or or even better, both this, this, was i guess a young adult movie but it should have been a horror movie and in the horror movie setting we should either they should have died right away which none of them are going to i guess because they're the the mutants then they should have had extra people to die or you know they needed to develop them more or otherwise it's it's not going to be a memorable or good movie in my opinion
0: they could have had beak there and they could have just killed beak
3: i don't know who beak is but i agree with you yeah <laughs>
0: Guardians does have some advantages. One of their characters only says one line. That's true. Over and over. So, you know.
3: Yeah. And that's the one they killed off. So, Sorry. <laughs> no backstory. There you go.
0: And this wasn't written by James Gunn. So. Right. That's clear. Not to say James Gunn can do no wrong. I'm sure he can. But Slither. <laughs> Slither is the movie, dude. Every time, like, James, from James Gunn director of Guardians of the Galaxy, blah, blah, blah. And every time, you know, when he's involved in a new movie, every time he was loosely involved with Brightburn. Now that was he it? he was a producer. No, was now yeah. that I recall, his name was attached to that. That's part of the reason I was super excited, but he.
3: Slither is amazing though.
0: That's the thing though. Every time I see one of those commercials, I'm like, forget those movies. You put Slither on that list. Slither. Yeah, but
3: not enough, I don't think enough people have seen it, which is a travesty um no slither is amazing
0: your typical sucker mom isn't gonna be like slither sweet they're gonna be like oh guardians of the galaxy with the funny (sighs) raccoon
3: if they if they pitched it right if they had some like old if they had the lady they have in that movie or actually it might be a guy at that point the guy they have in that movie in the basement being like eating a person being like don't you judge me oh my gosh that's such a great scene Uh,
0: So our review of New Mutants is go watch Slither. Just because Really, yeah.
3: Yes.
0: (laughs) And
2: heck, while you're at it you might as well watch uh, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 3. (laughs) Yeah. Might get a more cohesive idea here.
3: It is not the best. It's not even a good movie
1: to be honest. It's not the best but it
3: it does have some of the most memorable kills though that I will give it. The head in the TV and then the like weird puppet tendon thing. Some Two of the most memorable kills, I think, of my entire life watching uh, Nightmare on Elm Street movies.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. If you want a fun exercise, though, you can watch this movie and come up with five to seven different ways to make it better.
3: Yes. If you, you do could make
2: it a better X-Men movie, you could make it a better horror movie. Heck, you could do you could pull off both somehow.
1: <laughs>
0: yep. Yeah, I'm okay with it being separated from X-Men. It doesn't need, not every movie has to, whatever. You know, I think they could have pulled off the X-Men
2: tie because right. it could be loose. It wasn't very strong to begin with, aside from the the name drop, which mm-hmm. we've already done, the, the Essex name drop and tying it to Sinister. But if they were going to do that, they needed a payoff. There was zero payoff to that, and they just didn't go there. They just didn't commit on any level. They didn't commit to the X-Men thing. Because mm-hmm. if they did, then they needed to go further. And they didn't commit on the horror movie level either because they needed to go further.
0: I have a feeling. I don't know. I don't know the director's feelings on it. He the
2: secret is they were infected by fear. It was Danny Moonstar's power all along. Not Agatha. Danny Moonstar.
0: I don't know. The. <laughs> I think this is this move, that movie. This is how you get X Men into the MCU proper. Do it.
3: I, sorry, I just saw Paul's comment. More people have seen Human Centipede than Slither. That is a travesty. Yeah. It makes me super sad.
0: Human Centipede is not great. Uh, mm-hmm. But it's, you know, people. There's not, it's people. There's nothing I can say that's exactly.
3: <laughs> That, just that, that's, that's a very good description of it. It's people.
0: <laughs> they, should res- they should reshoot the movie, but in the style of Scooby-Doo. And they unmask Sinister at the end.
2: <laughs> oh, God.
0: Uh, so, in short, I think that's our show. Hey, real quick. <laughs> if you guys want to do a solid and also get yourself some comics, uh, I got a new Humble Bundle link for you. We are okay. a humble partner. This is not like a paid spot, but I do have an affiliate link that, if you click it, we might get a couple, a couple, a couple pennies off of that purchase. Interestingly, Jesse, not to sidetrack too long, because I really want you know don't want this to go two hours. I bought a humble bundle the other day, as I messaged you about. Yeah. I could not choose. I couldn't find. I couldn't the slider deal where you you can change the amount. You have that goes, to un, um...
2: When you go down to the bottom of the page, you have to, there's a little arrow that says, uh, the, and you have to click it, and it will expand it, and right. then you can do the slider. I so they hid the slider. You have yeah, to, like, I couldn't
0: find it anywhere. I Wow. Hmm. Anyway, a user error, probably. But uh, if you go to this link and click and get yourself the, New and classic D and D by IDW comics humble bundle. Uh, we'll get we'll get a little bit out of it because this is an affiliate link. Um, so yeah, anyway, the humble bundle is D and D comics by e- by IDW, and it's uh, and it says new and classic. And I was looking through some of the titles, so I'm also assuming that includes stuff p- maybe published previously to whenever IDW got the license. I don't know how long they've had the license. Um, it's got a bunch of Dragonlance classics, Dragonlance yeah. Chronicles, Dungeons & Dragons, uh, Forgotten, Realms Forgotten Realms Forgotten Realms
2: titles in there, I'm sure. Yep, yep. Yep.
0: Some Dritz Doe Erden. A whole bunch of stuff. And it's the usual Humble Bundle thing. They got a bunch of tiers. If you pay, you know, like a, a buck, you get several... More than 10 bucks, you get a bunch more. Like it's it's humble bundle, it's comics. Right. Uh, so and this one supports Hasbro Children's Fund, mm-hmm. and uh, it is going till for about 17 more days from the time of the stream. I think it ends about May 2nd. Um, so hit up dot slash IDW Bundle, it's G R A W L I X Podcast.com/slash IDW bundle or if the redirect's not working for you just go to our website and scroll down and find the humble bundle link uh, like the banner it'll just Mm -hmm. take you to the humble bundle main page you can find it from there that's it all right i've randomly decided we're doing ad spots for (laughs) humble bundle now Uh, yeah that's what's
3: happening are are you wearing a fingerless glove
0: Uh, it's my tendonitis glove nope you gotta gotta say it cooler than that he is from breakfast club now yeah i am yeah Ooh. he's gonna tell us a story about how gee
2: pa- dad
0: <laughs> how papa Kiefer
1: <laughs>
0: threw a carton of
2: cigarettes and oh, smoke oh my up God. jesse
0: my, my dad he'd be
2: like how was your day did you, did you do uh did you do basketball after after school yeah did you it's- like basketball <laughs> oh you do
0: it's even he's funnier.
2: It's got, got almost a, a little bit of that northern, you know, accent to it. You do
0: nah, I love your yeah, parents. Dad, it's even I funnier do. thinking about it. Thinking about your your actual dad in this woke <laughs> up, Jesse. Oh my
1: god. Yeah. <laughs> oh. All right.
0: Anyway. <sighs> That's all oh. I got. Melanie. Yeah. What, what should we be amazed about?
3: Oh. You should be amazed about a study that was done um, by Professor Tom Denson of University of South Wales and others um, that discovered that the more abusive tweets targeting women an area has, the more domestic violence arrests it will have the following year, which I find amazing. It's not because it's not that a lot of domestic abuse in an area will create um, misogynistic behavior. It's that misogyny misogynistic behavior predicts approximately a year in advance domestic abuse. That is crazy to me. I never would have expected that, but that's what these, these studies are showing is that, yeah, if you see uh, posts that um, like misogynistic
0: tweets and, Posts mm-hmm. and social media and, posts, and,
3: yeah, and things that are you know denigrating to women. Oh, and not just women. I'm sure, um, probably the LGBTQ community also it predicts abusive behavior in in the future, which is nuts. Um, but they they are putting, and a lot of times I think not that this isn't a useful use of science. Um, but the, sometimes I'm like, but why, but in this case, I, I was kind of impressed. They're like, we're using this to, pre, uh, these predictions, they're using that to focus funds for, um, abuse shelters and, uh, social services and therapy to funnel more, to funnel extra funds into areas where they can see that it's going to be in the future because of these tweets. And that's a pretty awesome use of, uh. Of science in my opinion. So
2: you're saying there's going to be a lot of. Uh, <laughs> I should just stop. You're, you're saying that there's going to be a lot of like shelters and stuff just randomly popping up around the Mar Lago uh, resorts. <laughs> that, that was happening soon. He can't tweet. Yeah,
1: um,
0: probably. So <laughs> uh, this not <laughs> anymore. It,
2: it takes a year. She just. Oh, is, you're right. You're it's right. Predictive. No, this yes, is this is. is <laughs>
0: there's a comment uh no go on Uh, from from what you're like you
2: can see it you can see it uh
0: so he's gonna get political this isn't this isn't the normal maybe i should have had you go with the spider music web spider web music story but uh it's not the usual are you aren't you amazed because it's like aren't you amazed when there's a lot of misogynistic tweets people gonna get beat in a year. So. It is interesting though. It's an interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Okay.
1: I'm sorry.
0: So no, it was interesting to me because it's a social media thing. And I don't know why that just, it's it's interesting to me, but it is weird because I would assume, because when I, when you had first told me this before, I was like, well, duh, there's going to, you know, yeah, there's a more like an area that there's more abusive men. There's going to be more misogynistic tweets or posts, but You pointed out like it's no, it's not that it's that when there's an uptick a year later, there's an actual uptick in the violence. Like and when there's an uptick in abusive posts, there's a delay and then it reflects in real life. And that's very strange because it's like so is that just an indication of things are brewing or is that like an influence from social media on the real Mm. world? Like, I, I, how does the reflection of the co, you know?
3: Mm-hmm. Well, that was one of the things that was discussed in the article also, um, it, you know, and th- their take on it is it it probably is feelings that people already had. But when this is, co- you know, when people are talking this way in the area, it allows them to not only let these feelings out, but kind of like feed them more. It's kind of like, uh, you know, the mutants and their uh, evil bears. It, it, there's two bears inside of you. The one you feed, the misogynistic, wife beating one. If you feed that bear, then you're gonna go be wife. It's like that, you know.
0: Don't feed the uh, domestic don't abuse don't feed bear. that bear. That's yeah, don't
3: bear. don't feed the domestic abuse bear, please. Uh,
0: feed Pooh Bear.
3: All he wants <laughs> is
2: honey all the time.
3: Well, yeah,
0: I, I feel like after this these last you four, four and a half years. The term has been thrown around so much that it's almost a triggering to cer- a triggering term to certain people, but embolden, I guess. Yeah, like right. the 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 post like, normalized gets out there and yeah. circulates and circulates yeah. till finally people are like, ah, I don't know. Yeah, no, yeah, I would agree. With Not
3: that.
0: to make light of that. Okay, that no. listen. If, anytime we get serious, you got to realize this is how we handle it. This yeah. is how we handle. <laughs> Dark humor. Dark, That's see, how I live. Dark stuff is with humor. So, yeah, that that is interesting. It's weird. Mm-hmm. It's unfortunate, but it is cool that they are able to then funnel uh, the funding to certain areas that will probably right. need it.
3: Yeah, because like like I was saying uh, to Randall when I first discussed it to him, it's not um, bad time Kermit- for Cruise music movie,
0: what is it? Yeah, I was gonna say it's like it's Minority like,
3: Report. It's not Minority Report. You can't say these people are gonna, you know, commit crime. Let's go arrest everybody. It, it, you can't do that. So you have to wait for it to happen and then just, you know, deal with the fallout of it. Um,
0: Kaz, this seems this well okay listen <laughs> you might I think you have to like rewind about an hour hour and well, 20 most to get of to this the, was not serious to at all. get to the Mortal yeah. Kombat stuff we throw we throw a little curve ball at the end of the stream we're about to wrap the stream up <laughs> they, they say this seems an entirely too serious subject for something with Mortal Kombat in the title that's fair
3: but you don't know how serious we take Mortal Kombat either so <laughs> right <laughs> Wow. I'm sorry. I'm just kidding.
0: Oof. Okay. Uh, They're right, though. I'm sorry. Yeah. I pushed it this way. We were going to do a fun story about spider webs and how vibrations and music and blah, blah, blah. You can talk to spiders. But you know what? That seems more serious to me. I don't want yeah. to talk to spiders.
1: <laughs> so, yeah.
0: All right. Okay. Anything else, guys, before we get out of here? I'm good. Okay. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching future podcast listeners. Thanks for listening. If you ever miss a stream, you can always check the replay the following week at growlixpodcast.com. It's G-R-A-W-L-I-X podcast.com or find the Growlix podcast on all the regular podcast directories. We're everywhere. We're everywhere. So Mm -hmm. till then, I guess till next week, (laughs) we'll be back next week, Thursdays, 8 p.m. Central time. Thanks for watching. Yep. It was lovely. Bye. Don't Bye. feed the bear. No. <laughs> Watch old movies. Thank you for listening to Grawlix Nights, the Grawlix podcast live show. Be sure to check out our weekly live streams available at Grawlixpodcast.com slash live. Currently, we stream Thursdays at 8 p.m. Central Time on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. For links, once again, go to Grawlixpodcast.com slash live. combat (laughs) what's going on
2: here (laughs) talk about domestic abuse no go on i said something good is gonna happen
1: (laughs) yes yes, right
2: i'm gonna make it political and weird